Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California and Feeling Minnesota. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I'm the Looking California portion of the program. I am an unconscionably handsome young man who works as an, a writer and an acting coach in sunny Southern California. And I'm joined by somebody who's feeling very Minnesota right now. His name's Barry Anderson. Barry, tell us a little bit about yourself because everybody already knows. Yeah, they do know, but uh, since they don't watch us on video, the reason that you say you're unconsciously handsome all the time. Un- unconsciously, but, although it is unconsciously. I well, I, I'm, 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 I'm translating <laughs> for the audience what's really happening. I'm not trying to be accurate with what you said. Um, this is a projection technique. You feel a little bit, you know, self-conscious when we're together on these podcasts. So you try to, you know, bolster yourself up and I, I let you, I let you run with that most of the time, but I'm going to set the hook today and be like, I'm, I'm the, I'm the handsome, uh, Midwesterner director extraordinaire, uh, today here to talk about, uh, probably your favorite movie of the last 50 years, I think. Oh yeah. I mean, easily the last 50 and, and look, it is true that it is a bit of projection. I feel very insecure in Barry's presence. Um, Barry has been described as Minnesota's George Clooney on many instances, and I think that's accurate. So, and I'm I'm sort of, I guess you'd say I'm I'm uh, LA's Brad Pitt in that in that example. Maybe I, I like even in the even <laughs> even in the exchange, you found a way to one up me. In, in Brad Pitt over George Clooney. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, what can you do? So we're going to talk about a movie today. It came out this past Friday. Um, it's a big movie. The movie is called Black Adam, which Black Adam is a DC Comics character. And uh, the movie stars The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Oh, no. Um, the biggest movie yeah, it's, it is uh, directed by... I don't know how to say this guy's name. I don't know. Um, his last name is Colette Sarah. Um, it was written by Adam Zitzkel, Rory Haynes, and some other guy. Um, it stars Dwayne Johnson, as we said, The Rock, Mr. Pro Wrestling turned movie star. Uh, Aldous Hodge. Um, who else? Pierce Brosnan is in there. A bunch of other people I've never heard of. Interestingly, I noticed this at the end of the movie, and we can talk about it. It is the cinematographer is Lawrence Schur, which we remember from Joker, which both yes. of us quite enjoyed. This movie has a budget of roughly $200 million uh, thus far in, what is it, five days of release. It's brought in $142 million, which, you know, it's, it's, it's going to it'll break even. <laughs> so... That looks good. Uh, the story is of Black Adam. Now, Black Adam is, like I said, is a DC uh, comic superhero slash antihero. Um, the movie is set in this town. Is it a country? A town? Uh, a city of called Kondok, which is this ancient city from 2600 BC where there's all sorts of you know typical sort of biblical tyranny there's slavery and all these things and a rebel rises and uh, there's gods involved and this rebel becomes Black Adam although it's called uh, Tet Adam at that point then it's put to sleep for 5,000 years or so 
and then is awoken in this movie in modern day conduct, which is still, by the way, uh, not a great place. It's somewhere in the Middle East, but there's uh, it's occupied by these terrorist European sort of terrorist guys. And here comes Black Adam and Black Adam is just a badass, man. He's he's like Superman on steroids. And I say that literally <laughs> he's he can fly he's invulnerable he can do everything and he kicks some ass and then this is the funny part the uh justice society um comes to get him not the justice league the justice society which is made up of hawkman dr fate cyclone and adam smasher they come to sort of get Black Adam in line, and uh, the movie sort of goes from there. That's my best breakdown of... I want to thank everybody for joining us in the podcast now that we've described this movie. Uh, there's nothing else we can add to this, so uh, <laughs> we'll let you get back to your regular schedule lives. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That Now listen, that breakdown, as bad as it was, um, was at least equal to the movie i think and people would be better off listening to it than watching it but barry barry anderson let, let me give some context to this all right love that, it that our that our viewers may not know barry anderson is a fan of the rock so i'm curious as a fan of the rock i mean what you thought friend, of the rock's call him dwayne so I'm sorry, Dwayne. Let's 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 just you know we don't need to use formal <laughs> formal letters on this. Thank you. Yes. So, with that in mind, with your your sort of fandom of the Rock uh, of Dwayne, uh, and this is his so far this is his biggest opening for a film ever, and it's his first superhero movie. He's a big big star. I was I was trying to relate to somebody uh, this weekend after seeing the movie. I was trying to tell them what a huge star this guy is. And they were just flabbergasted. They just didn't believe me. I'm like, uh, I'm, listen to me. Uh, he's a huge star. Now, a lot of people have never seen his movies. As many as have seen his movies, a lot of people have seen his movies. So anyway, what did you think of Black Adam? I am genuinely curious about this. So I literally think <clears throat> that this is on a whole different category level classification. And the most simplistic way that I can put it is this is the worst Marvel movie of all time. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the guy who's running Warner Brothers right now, but he is very depressed to hear that. Uh, there's no way they're depressed because this movie, when I used to go to Blockbuster, and they were out of movies like Titanic. There was a cheap ripoff that looked like Titanic. So you mistakenly took that movie home thinking you're going to watch this blockbuster. And you get this like cheap ripoff rushed into the into the stores. This is the most expensive ripoff B movie I have ever seen. And it is like I could do probably an hours long masterclass of like side by side of Marvel movies that they copied and or actors that they copied and cheap riffoffs. This whole movie was just littered with it. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was unreal how 
they were just pandering to try to steal stuff from Marvel to make this movie stand out and be different than the rest. And on a scale of one to failure, this was in Hades all by itself. This movie was so devoid of any substance at all. The only thing that it maybe had going for it is it's like, it didn't take itself too seriously. So therefore, <laughs> therefore you didn't have to like, you know, gag on that. But I mean, it was structurally problematic, character wise, problematic, comprehensible wise, problematic. Like it, 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 it is, I mean, I just kept watching this movie going like, I mean, let's just, I don't even know where to begin, but I'm just going to go off the fact that you said that this new, I can't remember the name of the town city. Basically it's Wakanda in DC. We'll just call it that. Um, they present day, so they used to be slaved. You know, going back to the Moses, yep. era, you know, these were enslaved people, and they're enslaved today. And by being enslaved, they have these like basically rip off of Star Wars speeder bikes flying around the city, and they're like, uh, "We are being terrorized." I'm like, "Oh, okay, they're gonna be terrorized." The terrorization is people have to wait in line. That is the only thing that they described in this whole movie, <laughs> that these people are forced to wait in line. And this is like the equivalent of like genocide, of extermination, waiting in line. And then they might tersely be talked to if they try to get out of line. But outside of that, there was no real threat. Everyone's well-dressed. They look, nobody's malnourished. <laughs> the town is functioning and bustling, but this is a hugely oppressed place. And I'm just like, did nobody think when we're gonna say this place is being ruled by terrorists and invaders? that we have to show that it's a problem. And I just, I don't, I mean, it's like just that alone. It's just like, how did, how did a, I mean, you know, Warner brothers was heavily involved. You know, the rock was heavily involved. You know, the, the people that were a part of the DC universe are heavily involved. They literally said, you know what, we're going to say that this is a rough town. And I don't want to show that once in a movie, a visual medium, so that there's any sort of like stakes that I'm worried about these people that they have to rise up against. When they rise up, it's not going to be against their oppressors that are making wait in line. It's just going to be against zombie people that were straight out of, you know, Jason the Argonauts. So, I mean, this movie was literally just stealing from every every movie of the last 60 years and doing it very poorly. So, I can keep going, but I'm going to stop for a moment because this could be a long diatribe by me for this movie. Oh, dear. Um... Yeah, now to give a little more context for me, I'm not a fan of of Dwayne Johnson. Like I, it, I have nothing against the guy. I, I, he seems like a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like when I wrote my piece about this, I said like, even me, somebody who doesn't like his movies and has really no use for him, I think like, you know what? He seems he seems like a nice guy. You know, so I can see The Rock becoming president. Like, no joke. Like, he could totally be president. Yep. Um, also giving context, This and this is crazy for people to consider, I am so lenient when it comes to DC movies. Like, I actually liked and wrote positive reviews of the director's cuts of the Snyderverse movies. Just so everybody knows, right? So everybody, this is just admitting that he's being a paid shill from Warner Brothers. So everything he says from here on out, you could just disregard. 
Uh, yes. I'm going to pass that out true. there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean I, I, I mean, if, if Warner Brothers is paying me to shield, boy, I, I really reneged on that deal <laughs> <laughs> with a whole bunch of projects. Um, but that's just to give, so I sort of give a benefit of the doubt to DC for whatever reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but I do. And so I went into this movie. I actually was just like, okay, I hope this movie's good because I kind of want DC to do well just because I like a bunch of their characters, you know, whatever. And I went to the opening show on Thursday. There's an afternoon show. It's supposed to be at midnight, but for some reason they do it in the afternoon. So I went to that show and there were, you know, like four other people there. And this movie just could not be any worse it just could not get out of its way it there are so many points i'm gonna let you finish but i'm gonna say the only thing i'm gonna vehemently disagree with you is it's not that it couldn't get out of its own way it's that this was the orchestration like this wasn't this was the plan is why it's so bad so we'll get back to that keep, keep keep continuing but there are so many points we can go through and we will about like structure of the, the sort of the first act, the second act, the third act, and like what is wrong with them because there's so much that is just so incomprehensibly bad. But you're right about it being just this knockoff Marvel movie. And when we were done, I, I went with my wife to see it. Poor woman. Um, so when did the papers come? <laughs> well, yeah. Wait till you hear this. The lap we've been to two movies since COVID started. She and I. I've been to movies on my own, but I, the two of us have gone together only twice. We went and saw this movie, and we went and saw Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and remember how I started this. This is the worst Marvel movie, yeah. of all time. So we came out of the movie. And like we got into a debate about which was worse, Eternals or Black Adam. <laughs> and we decided it was a heated debate and it was very close. Like, you know, we were counting ballots till the last minute. We actually went and said Eternals was worse, but this was really close. And the only reason my wife went and said Black Adam wasn't as bad as Eternals is because. She thought the movie was two hours and 40 minutes, but it was only two hours. So she was relieved when it ended sooner. <laughs> I mean, the movie didn't feel like it was three hours long because I was like, holy hand grenades. I'm like, oh, they're going to end it kind of awkwardly on a whimper. And they're like, oh, no, there's a whole other thing. And I'm like, oh, I just want to yeah. go. Oh, jeez. So let's uh, let's get into this. Yeah, this is a bad movie. It's it's. The op- so it opens with this flashback to 2600 BC in Kandak, which let's just say Kandak is like Iraq or Egypt or something. It's like it's, it's some place. And those flashbacks or whatever they are, those his- history jumps are so terrible. And that's what opens the movie. It's just like what are we doing with this? I, I, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just such amateurish junk. 
and you're sitting there and you're like, oh God. Because you go in, you want a movie's got to grab you. A movie like this has to grab you quick. No, you know. See, that's and, that's that's what Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and I'm gonna say this. I am a fan, but he has basically eroded pretty much all goodwill because what he has done, unlike people like Brad Pitt or others. He has bet on becoming a major movie star. And I mean, he's like a billionaire now. I mean, I, I can't fault his his ambition on that front. But he has chosen to work with some of the worst directors working in Hollywood. Yep. And he hooks his boat up to kind of his friends who he likes working with, where I think he exerts a lot of control and making sure that everything's kind of sanitized. And by doing so, they just make bad, forgettable lifeless empty hollow movies and he's deep into this run now of like kind of almost irre irrelevantness as an actor because it's like oh i know what this is this is just him walking around mugging for the camera nothing's yeah. done well i mean it's a huge budget movie and this is a common theme for all movies now some of the green screen work especially in that opening sequence with the boy is something I could have maybe done back in the early nineties off yeah. of, you know, tape to tape, green screen, blue screen. I'm like, this is awful. I mean, someone needs to be fired with how bad that was. And not the, not the, the VFX team, someone, the director, the student, someone needs to get fired that's saying like, how did you let that out? Like that's an unforgivable mistake that you can't put your stamp on and then be proud of that because the rock himself could have used his lunch money and fixed that scene. Right. And he's a producer on it. Like, have some pride in what you do. Like, there's no pride. He just knows that if he cranks something out, he knows the the pomp and circumstance and the marketing side of it, but it's all vapid. And so he's moved himself into the I'm no longer going to attempt to make a movie good. I'm just going to make something that can be marketed and make money. And that I don't and have as much respect for. Yeah. And it, it is interesting because he he is marketing his ass off for this thing. And, you know, he's talking about like, Oh, this is sort of a, a jump start for DC. And like, he's all over social media uh, reply, you know, I'm sure it's not actually him, but, you know, replying to everybody who comments on the movie and all these things. And it, so he, he, and that's always been his thing. That's, that's my point about the Dwayne Johnson is that, He's never actually been good at anything mm. except self-promotion. Mm, I don't see. Right? There, there's been a few films and a few performances where there's something there. And I think had he worked on that side of it, like I, I'm going to give you an equivalency right now. I know that there's been a bunch of memes going around in the last like six months kind of post, you know, it's all been post Endgame, but kind of as people like look longingly back on Marvel when they used to make good movies. And they keep having these memes of like, if the Avengers would have been made in the 1990s and it's like Brad Pitt would have been this and Tom Cruise would have been that. And you're like, you know, Christian Slater would have been this. And you're like, mm, I don't know if that movie holds up as well, even though I like Christian Slater. I don't think he and this movie. Literally, I wasn't even trying to put this thought in my head. And all I could think about is if this one actor would have been Black Adam this movie would have been 10 times more enjoyable just because of what they would have brought to the role. And they're not a good actor, <laughs> but like literally 
it changes everything. If you would have taken peak Arnold Schwarzenegger and oh, yeah. put him in this movie, this mm-hmm. movie would have been an international phenom and people would have bought the VHS and DVDs of this movie. He mm-hmm. delivers those charming lines and the cute lookaways and the awkward getting to like build up of these jokes that literally The Rock used to be able to pull off, but absolutely has lost that because he's just so like the whole, you know, warn them before you kill them and all that, like it builds up and that joke never pays off. Not once in the movie. And you look right. at stuff like, you know, the Terminator, watch Terminator 2 and how Eddie Furlong's trying to oh. tell him you, you can't shoot people. And like, you can tell that the robot's like, why? And it's funny when he gets the explanation, but then when he, you know, you can tell that the, the robot changes his mind and he shoots someone in the leg and Eddie Furlong's like, you can't. And he's like, but I didn't kill him. And you're like, oh, it's a journey. And then it becomes funny as it goes along. And this movie never was able to execute that. Not one time. Well, it's funny that you you say that. This is what I wrote about. This movie, there's a teenage kid in it who is just awful in this movie. (laughs) He makes Edward Furlong look like James Dean. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. Wait, 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 which one? Is it the, is it the past, like, terrible child actor or the current terrible child actor? Because you can easily get lost between the two. But they cast two of the worst children actors of all time. It's the skateboarding little shit. Like, anytime you see somebody skateboarding in a movie, just run away as fast as you can. Speaking of Christian Slater in Gleaming the Cube. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Gleaming the Cube. Um, I kept thinking about, like, uh, the movie, oh, what's it called? Um, Oh, God. The the Peter Pan thing that Spielberg made. Oh, Hook. Hook, yeah. I, I just remember seeing Hook and, like, they had the pirate kids and things and they were skateboarding on the boat. And I just thought, you know, Spielberg's like, well, kid, kids like to skateboard. Let's have skateboarding. And he's just like, oh, Jesus. Uh, the, the kid in this movie skateboards, just like Eddie Furlong in Terminator 2. Black Adam is basically supposed to be Schwarzenegger's uh, uh terminator character in terminator 2 that's the relationship the two are supposed to have well you're exactly right i kept thinking about schwarzenegger too because schwarzenegger obviously is a very limited oh, guy yeah. in terms of his acting but he is so incredibly self-aware as an actor and part of that comes from and I, i've had discussions with people about this over the years part of what makes schwarzenegger such a successful actor is that he spent years lifting weights in front of a mirror yeah he knows exactly what his body is doing and his face is doing and what he looks like when he's doing something and with the terminator stuff he why that became such a hit and really catapulted him to superstardom was because he understood he didn't have to do anything he just had to say the words because that's what the character does. Yes. And so he I'm, does I'm, it. But I'm going to I'm going to point this out. The Terminator launched him into the stratosphere. Yeah. However, that got him jobs. If you go back and watch the original Terminator, if he didn't make a slight pivot after that movie, we're not talking about Schwarzenegger to this day. And oh, this is and this definitely. is where this is where The Rock has made in my opinion a calculated error. Because by the time that 
you know, Schwarzenegger went and did Predator. Then he went and did Terminator 2. And he went and did Twins. He he knew that he had to be this, like, larger-than-life, macho, A-man, bodybuilder. But, like, if he didn't put an edge that allowed average America in on the joke, that, like, he would just be, like, some, you know, beef eater over there that does this, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And The Rock now, he used to have those comedic moments. There used to be those funny things. And now he tries them, but it's everyone's like, yeah, it's not it's it's not genuine. There's not there because like when <laughs> I just think back when Schwarzenegger, like, you know, he looks at something and then he kind of looks up and smiles and it's like you can't help but like be happy and like laugh and like yeah. bond with this. And like, I know it's such a setup in this movie where like, OK, he's going to do this. And the thing that bothers me. If you watch something like the Terminator, there's all kinds of inconsistencies like that. You're like, oh, well, could he run that fast? Could he not, you know. But you don't get caught up in it because they don't they don't put such a magnifying glass. But there's a scene in particular in Black Adam that's supposed to be funny because basically he picks up this guy and he chucks him in the air because he's going to kill him because they're supposed to hold him. And then the phone call comes. They're like, hey, we need to, inter you know, we need to interrogate this guy to get information. And Black Adam like looks over and you see this guy like screaming, falling from like the clouds and he hasn't yet hit the ground. And then he hits the ground and then he's like, says this line, like, you know, there's been an accident or something. It's supposed to be funny. It's not funny, but literally every scene directly before and directly after he can basically move so fast that at any yep. point he can be somewhere else without any problem. And what would have been funny has he chucked him up and he looks over and then he caught the person and he's like, you killed him, didn't you? No, he's right here. <laughs> and it would have been a funny joke. And they like left it. And you're like, it's not funny. Like he's not learning. There's not like literally. This is the same person at the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, other yeah. than he decides to like, you know, crush the throne. Oh or, god! No, no yeah, person. he's as fast as the Flash. Like that scene, he throws the guy in the air, and then he has the whole conversation, and then you see the guy falling, and it's not short. No, and he like looks over, and it takes a while. Yeah. And a hundred percent, he could have reached over there and got that person before they fell, yeah. without a question. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say this, you know, obviously Schwarzenegger is sort of a punchline and, you know, rightfully so for a, a lot of reasons. But the one thing just was always undeniable about him was his effortless charisma. Yes. It's it, it just it, and part of that, again, comes from the fact that he was just so confident from, you know, the bodybuilding and all that stuff. And what's so strange to me, and look, I've not seen all of The Rock's movies or anything, but what's so strange to me is that The Rock seems shockingly devoid of charisma. And in particular, in this movie. Now, I understand he's playing this sort of God character that's 5,000 years old, and so he's supposed to be sort of, you know, distant. But Schwarzenegger is distant in many of his movies, Terminator 1 and 2 being perfect examples. And he just is so charismatic. And I, I also thought about Stallone. You know, Stallone had his own different brand of, you know, all of his characters have that sort of sad sack charisma to them. They're all down on their luck, you know, <laughs> the underdog thing, Rambo and Rocky and all that. And the rock's incapable of that. I, no, see, look. I, I don't think it's that he's incapable. He's the, what the rock has done is he's basically pulling out 
as much as possible to not he wants to play in like a safe sandbox. So there's there's nothing he'll cross. Like if you go back and watch like a movie like The Rundown, there is sequences there that the humor pops like wonderful. You can be like, okay, there's something to do here. You even go back to something like uh, Be Cool, the sequel to um, uh, Get Shorty. Get Shorty. He plays this wonderful like he dresses up in like this blue cowboy outfit and it's a funny take in like i know when he took it back then people were like what are you doing because he went and worked with the real director took a risk in some of those early things and the stuff that works best now with him he's found his comedic partner in kevin hart so the reboot of uh jumanji is not great but the interplay between jack black him and kevin hart makes it enjoyable so like people are like, oh, see, I like The Rock. You're like, no, you're not liking The Rock. You're liking this like tension and back and forth and kind of the short and tall and heavyweight and all this kind of, you know, mixing and matching of basically, you know, kind of the 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 orig- origins of like physical comedy. It's not The Rock. Now when he goes out and leads a movie, it is literally like there is nothing left. It's like someone leaked out all of the good parts so like he's there and he looks intimidating and he can give the look and he can hit his marks, but he never strays from that. And it and it and it's a problem because if you look at stuff like even something like True Lies, when Arnold Schwarzenegger was at his you know top top top, he's yeah. like the world's great. I mean he's got that scene where he comes in you know like a Navy SEAL in a suit and he takes it off and he's in a suit and he walks. I mean he couldn't be more you know attractive debonair all this sort of stuff but then like when something happens it's funny and you look he looks incompetent but yet not incompetent at the same time there's this Mm. perfect blend that allows people to go oh he's not perfect and that's part of like james bond kind of works because everybody goes nobody can be like that like you know that's not achievable i'm watching something that's not real the rock is trying for that but it's like again the reason that like you take a look at tony stark the reason that that character works is like, you know, yes, most people aren't Robert Downey Jr. It's a billionaire playboy that's brilliant and all this. But like the way he talks and the problems he has with his equipment, and he's fighting with like Siri, you know, Jarvis. There's things that people can connect with. But in this movie, name one scene that people can have a connection with the the rock in this Black Adam struggling over anything. Like there isn't right. one scene that they add in this movie. And the whole reason that superhero movies work is there's like a, a moment like you i didn't particularly like man of steel i thought they did it better in in uh uh the original superman with um reeves but like when his dad dies mm. you know and what does that change you know it doesn't change superman's ability to do anything but now he's got okay i can identify with this other being and it's like they never infuse that in this movie and it, it, you're just like you're making movies for people around the globe that share certain human traits, put it in there, comedy, tragedy, like, you know, and I I, I go back to that, this whole country, you know, they're trying to talk about like a foreign invader and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, they didn't want to, A, they didn't say who it was, which is the new thing in movies, you know, whether or not you're, you know, you know, want to paint someone in the Mideast as being the bad guy or someone from the West, the bad guy, we just won't state it. And then they don't show anything. I mean, imagine if this you were watching kind of like a Blade Runner esque city where people right. were just getting like destroyed. You would understand when Black Adam comes and kicks someone's ass, how everybody in the society was like, "Oh hell yeah, 
Like, I don't care if there's some bad parts, if he's going to go, you know, but he never even fought the people that were like putting people in lines and making him wait. So like, I don't even understand who he was fighting. It's like all this, you're like, yeah, they're cheering for him. Like, who is he beating up? Like, who are these people that like, he's liberating? Like, what is he being liberated from? And it's like, they didn't want to like offend or they didn't want to like, you know, get too much in. They wanted to say like, it's not like political, but they want to state like these big trends that they're against. They don't want foreign invaders. They don't want, you know, strip mining and taking from, but it's like, they didn't really show it. They just kind of said it quickly so that they were like, yeah, I'm for that, but we won't show anything. And it's like, that doesn't set up for, it would be like someone making a movie like Hotel Rwanda, but we're never going to show any of the genocide and what's happening. We're just going to say like, hey, some people are down the street, some bad stuff's happening, but we're going to stay here in the church and we're not going to show it. And you're kind of like, okay, well, that kind of takes away. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see genocide. Like, you know, I'm not like a masochist, but you need to say like, then when these good guys, quote unquote, the Justice League of America, the Justice Freedom Justice Party, Society Justice of America Society comes in, there was and talk about one of my pet peeves is in movies like this. I mean, a the movie was way too long because it felt like an eternity. But just like we've talked about the new modern way of making movies, there is no breath of anything like you just like hard go from a line to this edit to that. There's never like a moment where like you know, there's a walk up. I mean, like you think of something like in Terminator 2 when, you know, the the Terminators meet and it's all in slow motion and Eddie's looking from one to the other and the roses come out and this gun flips over. How long that takes for the action to start, by the time that happens, you are so jazzed for that scene. And this movie is literally like, we're just going to pound on each other. And there is no rhyme or reason. Again, you just play any of our Marvel movie reviews of the last freaking three years it's the same same story they're fighting they're fighting they're fighting then all of a sudden he rips the guy in half like why did you rip the guy in half why did he suddenly have strength why couldn't you do that before like and then it's like can he actually be hurt because it didn't seem like he could but then it's like oh they're gonna defeat him and you're like defeat him how because he gets some scratches on him right and then do the scratches heal themselves or are they not permanently there like what are the scratches like they never explained anything and then I gotta I gotta point this out. So what is it? The Justice Society? Justice Society of America. Okay. So the JSA. If if I mean, I'm actually kind of a fan of uh Pierce Brosnan. Um, this is not his best role, but he was one of the better things in the movie. Which gives oh, you... I agree, I agree a thousand percent. He's actually quite good in it. Yeah. And I, but but like but the problem is it's like it's like the one man in this movie that's like well not the uh i don't i can't remember the actor's name it plays basically falcon um the hawk man that's yeah. aldous hodge yeah yeah they, they were the best part of the movie yeah and the problem is is like that should have been like really touching and they never so by the end we, we decided we're going to spoil spoil that that should have been more poignant than it was because they had chemistry and they had some stuff but they didn't because it was more of like a mentor mentee, there wasn't like a Captain America, Iron Man, true right. kind of, you know, metal sharpening metal. It was not that sort of relationship. But the other two, can we just talk about them for the moment? So oh, uh, Adam yes. Man, Ant-Man. what, what a- is- Adam Smasher. Yeah, what a clever Cyclone. name. Cyclone. So Adam Smasher. If that is not literally... Like, I can just see like you know like a parody movie, like the you know scary movie, yes, or yeah. or 
or naked guns. <laughs> if this is not Mark Ruffalo's cheap ripoff, I don't know who he is. Because literally his mannerisms, the way his speech patterns, how I'm like, this is Mark Ruffalo's offspring. This is 100% Mark Ruffalo in this role. And it was like, he didn't understand how to use his power. They tried to have this romantic thing between him and Cyclone, but like, I don't know why either of them liked each other. Like, it was just like, oh, it's a girl and it's a boy. They like each other. Right. Okay, yeah. well, that was. And then the coloring cr coloring crayon with the beautiful hair that just spins around. Right. That Remember that time it blew the cape of that boy? <laughs> do you remember that moment? <laughs> you, do you remember? Do you remember? I, Cyclone may be the, the least consequential, most useless superhero no. to ever grace a, a film screen. When they do the Academy Awards like scenes for Best Picture, and they choose the, the scene is going to be where she blows the kid's cape, and everyone's like, "That's a nice touch." That's I mean, I can't think of any film student in America or the world that has never wrote or directed anything. That is exactly the scene that they would put in the movie. And then 10 years later, they would look back at their early work and go like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Yeah. And oh, this yeah. is a director that's like well into his career. <laughs> and this is, you know, everybody could sign off on this. And was like, that's a scene we got to keep in this really long movie is the scene where she blows the kid's cape. <laughs> I mean, I like, I don't know. I literally should say nothing else about the movie other than there's a scene where this kid puts on a cape for no reason. And Cyclone blows the cape and they spend time on this scene what what why what was this scene doing in the movie what the right. heck did i miss i was just like <laughs> what is happening right now yeah you know so i'll i'll try and go through all of your points because they're all valid but so um so let's just talk about the the occupying force of conduct um which again is just some sort of euro terror group or something that's exploiting it can't, it can't be a euro group because they just make people wait in lines and then right. there's a mine somewhere that they're mining but those buried but those lines right? i mean uh -huh. you have it wheels you're a get back in line i'm like oh man <laughs> can i just say can i wish people wish for world peace if this is terrorism in the 21st century i wish terrorism everywhere like if this is the worst uh, that it gets waiting in line, the world become like I can't perfect. stand waiting in line, Barry. Well, I can't do it. So you're pro genocide as long as we don't I'm have pro. Yes, okay. definitely. Good, good, good. As long as there's no lines, I'm all for it. So, <laughs> but here's an interesting thing about this movie, which is a big movie, and yes, the villains are never sort of clearly defined as to what they are and what's the, all that, and it was very reminiscent of Top Gun Maverick where hey we have to do this mission we can't tell you where it is or what country we're attacking but just know that we're attacking bad people and it's just like oh, oh okay why is that of course we know the reason why that is because they don't want to specify something and alienate a market but but, right? here, but but here's the thing i i get that because i can see where that would be difficult to try to make up and not alienate because now it's global box office but what I'm saying is, at least in Top Gun Maverick, they were trying to get like, you know, nuclear, they, they were trying to do something bad. And they like tried to show or at least explain mm -hmm. that there was something bad. This movie was, hey, we've taken over this one mine and we make people wait in lines, which to me doesn't sound like 3000 years of oppression. 
Like, it just seems like they didn't, like, they should have just literally said they've taken everything. There's poverty. People, like, have no food. And you see people, like, emaciate, like, something. Yeah. Just give me, like, this literally right. was, like, they, the only thing that they reinforced throughout the whole movie is waiting in lines. Which is just, I mean, it's preposterous to me that of all the things you can do about an invading oppressive people, waiting in lines is the thing that they're like, that's it. That's the that's what we're going to put in the movie. And you're like, what? What a nightmare. Oh, I hate waiting in lines. Um, <laughs> another thing. So I saw a clip. Somebody posted a clip um, from the movie. It's this It's it's this innocuous scene of is it a conversation. The tape? No, no. <laughs> no, I wish it was. But it's just this innocuous scene where Dr. Fate and Hawkman and somebody else are talking to the the heroine in the movie and her son is there and it's just first of all we can talk about the, the heroine I don't even remember this woman's name um, Adriana Tomaz is the character's name she's played by Sarah Shahi just an awful character an awful performance just you, you just want to gouge your eyes out but so they they I saw this clip and it's 20 seconds of screen time. And again, it's just a conversation on a street. And there were 14 edits in the 20 seconds. So it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And meanwhile, this is literally just people saying like, no, we can't go there. We should go there, but we can't go there. Where's the thing? I don't know where the thing is. What about your son? He'll be fine. It's just, it's crazy to me that this frenetic, you, you, incomprehensible, you incoherent sort of approach to filmmaking no, no. can infect a scene that's so innocuous. It's crazy. I'm going to challenge you. I yeah, okay. 100% know why they did it. 100%. They have bad actors. When you oh, have... Yeah. No, I'm serious. Trust me, I know this first and foremost. I've worked on hey, enough projects. I resemble that remark, Barry. Come I know on, you though. resemble that remark. I know, I know. I've worked. With <laughs> but when you, because like, especially when you work on lower budget films and you have a bigger cast, you can't hire the best actors for all roles. And then even if you have a great actor in a scene, but you have lesser actors around them in the scene, what you're trying to do is not make the scene the way it should be you're trying to make the scene not unwatchable. And so yeah. you literally have to like go to these huge lengths to like cut around or find a moment or like find the one line that works, but then get out of it before it gets weird. And it inevitably leads you to either just awkward choices or frenetic choices in the scene. And I think it's a combination of both, but I think those scenes is because you don't have, like you put in Brad Pitt, Leo and a bunch of other people you don't have to edit as much, but you put in a bunch of these like cape blowing awful kid actors with the lady heroine that like, I mean, talk about Oof. for the rest of the world, you know, uh, what's her name? Sarah Connor will be like right up there with Ripley as the greatest female character yeah. of all time. And it's like, they look at the next generation of heroines. They're like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm on Mount Rushmore like for life because they don't make these characters. I mean, if you go back and watch like Sarah Connor in the first movie, talk about a delicate flower that needs to be protective yep. that like you know everybody's worried and then she goes through some stuff so by the time the second movie comes around she's been transformed because she knows the danger and so she had to take it upon herself and you see that growth same thing with like ripley 
she's just on the thing and I don't know what's going on and she's not in control or in charge. And then after you learn some stuff, you know, she's not in control of you know, the second movie, but she's like, hey, I have some wisdom. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Then people make bad decisions. Then Ripley's like, all right, I've seen this before. I'm going to protect this girl and I'm going to like rise to the occasion. There's a growth process. Both the kid and the mom were instantly like saints from like yeah. birth. Like I just, I'm perfect. I see everything. I'm going to like, if I just put my hands together in a V form, then the whole world's going to be saved and it's going to be fine. Can anybody tell me what that V form was? Where did that come from? Like, what was the significance? Of um, it? If, if you want, we can have a discussion about it. I don't think you want to, Oh, but we can. Okay, well, I don't, is it not PG? Does it, are we going to get banned? Are we going to get canceled? No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. I want to know now. Here's the thing. So this this movie, and we'll, well, I'll touch upon this briefly, and then we can quickly move on. This movie is basically a subliminal slash symbolic um, campaign commercial for The Rock to be president. So that symbol that he gives, which is quite well known in popular culture, by the way, is the Illuminati symbol, which is the secret society, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, which you can you, you can just sort of take that for what it's worth. But then there's the scene where he is king and he decides to, no, no, I will crush the throne because no one should be above the people, right? And it's just like, oh, okay. So I wrote about this. If people want to see it, you should go to my website and read the piece. I get a bit into this sort of stuff, which I get is esoteric and sort of out there and conspiratorial, but it's worth seeing. But a major plot point in this movie is the Illuminati hand symbol. <laughs> it's kind of crazy in, in like a mainstream movie to have that be the case. You're just like, what is happening right now? This is insane, but it is what it is. Another point I want to make, we can move on from that, is so Black Adam is this uber wait can we can we can we just go back to tet adam because that doesn't yes. happen that doesn't happen until real real late so i think that to be honest about this movie it's just got to be tet adam tet, i'll call it tit adam oh there you go so, even better well now there's so, the viewership's going up as we speak great so they're, he's, they're tuning in for one reason and being horribly disappointed in the other so he is basically this i mean he's a god right he, he's this invincible uh, super being he's like superman and it, you know that you can't stop this dude and so what what do we do because he's such a threat we send the d team we said we don't send the justice league of america which is like hey uh we got a serious problem we got to send superman batman flash green lantern and wonder woman to take care of this guy because this is serious business it's eh, you know it's not a big deal Let's just send the Justice Society of America. And, you know, there's sort of the JV team or the freshman team. And it's Hawkman, which we've never seen on screen before. Actually, pretty cool character. Um, but in this movie, Aldous Hodge plays the character, um, which in the comics is, is white, but Aldous Hodge is black. I don't think anybody cares. And I like Aldous Hodge, quite frankly. He, he's, he's just... He's great. I like him a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a great actor, but he, he just seems like... He's a very pleasant screen presence. But the dialogue he has to say in this movie, it's just like a collection of like slogans and, and catchphrases that he's stuck with. And it's just like, oh, this poor dude. Then there's uh, Cyclone, which we talked about, just the worst character ever. Then there's Adam Smasher. You're just like, yikes. 
But then there's Dr. Fate. Right. But, but they, they got Mark Ruffalo in this movie without paying for him. I mean, right, which is good. good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I guess. I mean, I, I, I hate like Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. So right. that's immediately, like, if I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have seen the movie. But then there's Pierce, Pierce Brosnan playing Dr. Fate, who is sort of uh, like Dr. Strange, the DC version. Um, Dr. Fate's a cool character. I'd love to see, actually, a movie about Dr. Fate starring Pierce Brosnan. Because Pierce Brosnan is quite good in this like y- you see it and you're like oh there's a professional actor who knows what he's doing. <laughs> that's that's refreshing um you know and, but that's it but it it undermines the whole story that like oh my god ted adam is just this he's this entity this unstoppable entity let's just send these d-level characters that nobody knows about to stop him and the audience sort of goes along with it because Black Adam himself is sort of, you know, as powerful as he is and as big as, as Dwayne Johnson is, it's just a D-level character, right? It's it's not like, you know, it's like with, with Marvel, like there's the Hulk. We all know the Hulk. We know how strong he is. There's Iron Man. There's, there's you know, Captain America, you know, Spider-Man, the whole thing. Thor. Black Adam is not that in the dc world like that's just not how it works so i just think and and look the rock by the way is i think he's 50 dude is in ridiculous ridiculous shape i mean he looks beyond a superhero right you're just like holy cow this guy is shredded he's a monster you you know what you know what every man's fantasy really is is to no. be a physical specimen like The Rock. So when they put him in a movie, they have to digitally like reduce his physique <laughs> in scenes because he just looks too good to be on camera. Like I yeah. think if all if guys were given a list, that would be right up there. And I just those scenes where he's, you know, <laughs> kind of taken down a notch. I'm like, man, they had to do a oh, lot of CGI to take out that his... is so funny. I'm like those, those skinny rock scenes are just like, wait a minute what's wrong with this guy yeah what is yeah. going on and what's funny is his his skinny scenes are still physically better than 99.9 percent of men on earth right like they may like he is the equivalent <laughs> of a supermodel when women are like well yeah nobody looks like that and guys look at him you're like yeah they made him ugly and like weak and he would still kick everyone's ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let, let's get into just the narrative arc of this movie because I, I'm I'm giving the movie the benefit of the doubt. So that first sort of opening in ancient conduct, it's not good. And you're just like, uh, okay. But then like we come to modern times, it's still not good. But you're like, you know what? Let's see what happens when The Rock gets going, doing his thing. But then there's the shark jumping. Where... Cape blowing? <laughs> Cape blowing where all of a sudden there are skeleton zombies yeah and happens yes and then the skateboarding kid gives the illuminati sign and all the locals grab baseball bats and go to town and you're just like no no what is happening right now this they went they went to town for about six seconds i think they maybe two of them and then we reverted back to the end game 
where they all turned into dust and blew away. Like yeah. the exact same effect that was in Marvel. Yep. They're like, DC's like, what could we do? Hey, they did this thing in Marvel. Should we just copy that too? And they're like, yeah, let's definitely copy that. Which by the way, they, they also copied um, a bunch of stuff from uh, I can't yeah, remember Dead, Deadpool. Um, yes, but is, also like there, there's a there's a sequence in the X-Men movies that I can't remember which one where the super fast guy Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. They yep. so they just basically copied that with him like slowing down yes. and looking at things, or the flash from yep. I think it was Justice League or whatever, doing this, and they just did the same thing. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, how about that? It's just unbelievable. This movie, it just, it's it's abysmal, abysmal. I God mean, it, damn. You you look at stuff like you know people like Quentin Tarantino, Spielberg, like everybody, every great director talks about you have to steal from those that came before you like in order to be great like you are going back and getting inspiration putting your own spin on it and so people will do stuff like well here's what quentin tarantino watched and this is how he did it in this movie and you're like yeah i can see it but it still speaks to you like oh this is fresh this is new this is an artist these movies are like hey do you just have that original clip we're just going to use that as an animatic and we'll just kind of do the exact same thing. And then you watch it, you're like, this is derivative. This is unoriginal, uninspired. And it's frankly worse than the original. Yeah. There's like, if Quentin Tarantino finds something from like a 1950s samurai movie, if you were to exactly copy that in today's time, it would look hokey. Cause it like, you got time. Only this movie took everything and then it just made it hokey. And you're like, okay, that's not how this is supposed to work. Yeah. And, and, like just the overall look of the movie, and we can get into. I mean, I, mean, I saw it at a the boy a, on the hilltop looking over the people before he gets uh, captured, and the green yeah. screen mat cuts into his head about a half an inch, so it's like spongy side of his head on the green screen that the lighting does not match the background. And I'm like, what? This is in the opening sequence, and someone's like, yeah. you know what? We're we're in 2021 it's pretty easy to get a mask. So like, if this didn't work, we should probably reshoot that. Cause like the unnamed boy, that's the only person in the scene probably costs $6 to show up for an hour to yeah. reshoot that scene. So why that was never done. I mean, literally I want to post a still grab of that scene when it comes out on a streaming platform. Cause that key is so bad. I can't think of a similar movie in the entire history of movies. that has a key that bad. Like, it's that bad. It's awful. I'm like, I was like in the theater. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me right now. It, uh, the whole thing just, and that, look, Lawrence Scher direct, uh, was a cinematographer for Joker. We loved his work on that movie. Yes. Really good. Everything he did prior to that was sort of, eh, you know, sort well, of. It, it wasn't sort of, it was, I mean, he did a lot of comedies and stuff where you're not, you're not right. pushing the envelope as a cinematographer. You know, your your competency, but you're not like right. But it, it's not memorable it's, for right. It's generic. Yeah. Right. And then he does Joker, which is his work is just stellar in, and then he does this, and this is, I mean, as generic a, a superhero movie as you could possibly make in every way, including visually. It's just you know, and the powers that uh black adam has like there's a lot of different ways you can show that and every decision they make 
is the most generic sort of dull um trite choice that you can make and and that's just through the way and look i like lawrence sure i think he 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 obviously has talent but just a mess and the guy who directed this thing uh, the last movie he did was that jungle cruise thing i mean what are we doing with this guy and of course you're right the rock wants him because like tom cruise he can control him it's really his movie and all these things but like but the, uh, but the difference is is tom cruise for all of his problems all he wants to do is make movies that resonate with the audience and like right. he has yes. some appreciation for what is good cinema even though he doesn't always achieve it whereas yeah. i think the rock has i want to please the audience but i do not care if this is good on any level as long as it right. pleases the audience that is his that's the mount rushmore for him and i think to be an artist you got to think beyond that you want both but you can't you can't stop it just as long as the audience you know saw it once and paid their ticket and they think ooh i love the rock um yeah it's it's so short sighted because you know like if you can if you can make this movie if rock says you know what let's do this movie this is an interesting character and it is an interesting character because it is uh you know an anti-hero and a superhero it's like he, but what, he's sort but here's of my question what was anti about him well that's the point is that like he, what the character is like comic book wise yeah. he's a he's a villain and then other times he's a hero and in this movie it's just about like oh i i don't know that killing is wrong but here's and the then thing I have to learn they, that. they told me that these people are invader like these are the worst people in the world. Right. Killing the worst people in the world does not make you a villain. Right. You can argue like, do you need to kill them? Is there maybe, but like, but it doesn't make you like, if someone's murdering women and children, people aren't like, you know, you're kind of a villain if you put a stop to that and you were a little rough with them. So like, there was never a moment where like, again, like, you know, going back to like T2, you know, you can't just go in and kill people as a robot. Like, and then once you put that parameter on, you're like, oh, but you understand like he's a robot. He doesn't have the moral judgment. You right. got to infuse that. Black Adam, you don't know if he's got a moral judgment or whatnot. And I think the the problem with this is, is you didn't like, even in the promotion, he kept saying, this is, you know, this is dark. This is, you know, this is a villain. And like, where was the villain scene? There wasn't right. one villain scene in the entire movie. And you're like, why did you let that go? Why did you play it up and then just not pay it off at all? And I think part of the reason would have been is it could have went against that kind of wholesome, you know, everybody, you know, so I yep. think, but then I'm like, don't, don't take the role. Like you gotta, you know, I mean, it's like when Tom Cruise did the, the, um, the mummy. Well, no, that was him thinking he could interview with the vampire. No, no, no. That was back when he was hunting for his Oscar. Um, the comedy, uh, where he played uh, Lou Wasserman. Um, oh, uh, um, uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. You know, he's in a fat suit doing all this stuff. Like, he understood that part of what made that bit work is that it is Tom Cruise, and he's poking fun at himself and all of his craziness. And it, because he let the audience in on the fact that, like, I am kind of a joke, like, it made Tom Cruise more human which is very difficult to do because he's definitely a human robot. And The Rock doesn't do that. He never acts off type. He never crosses, you know, mm -hmm. he's never kind of like, 
yeah, I know that none of you are going to be able to keep my physique and my schedule and all this sort of stuff. He never lets you in on the joke. So he just kind of is like, oh, look at me, look at me. It's like, he kind of likes that worshipness of his work. And it's like, yeah, but now is the perfect time to like turn that on his head. People aren't going to turn on you. They're not gonna be like, oh, Rock is now kind of an, you know, a jerk because he played this jerk in a movie. Like he's got enough goodwill there that that's not going to happen. And it would have been very fascinating to see a movie turn where like he equated someone there of the locals. I mean, that's what things like the Dark Knight, you know, when it's complex and, you know, Oh no, you know, like, yes, Two-Face was bad, but like the consequences, if you expose that, that then could be worse for society. What do you hide? What do you like? There's complex stuff being talked. There was nothing complex in this movie. And I mean, I've seen things like the Avengers. There wasn't a whole lot of complex in the Avengers, but it was fun. And the characters you like, and like, let's go back to, uh, um, what's his name's character? Um, the, uh, the head guy of the B team. The D team. Uh Aldous Hodge, the Hawkman? No, the or, the or Dr. Fate. Yeah, Dr. Fate. So here's the interesting. He can kind of see the future, but then he also has this ability to like put up this weird tiled protection zone. Mm-hmm. Think about all the Marvel movies and how they make sure to figure out a way to be clear on what these people's powers are. Right. There was never an explanation of kind of like here's the limitations of what I could do. Mm-hmm. Because if this crown that basically can unleash hell on earth. Do you think it's a good idea to the man that can make an impenetrable force field around things, have him put a force field around it or let a kid run around with a backpack and a skateboard holding it? Like, you're just like, okay, this is just silliness. Like, I mean, it's just like, hey, at some point we're going to have him get it and it's going to be no effort to really get it because we don't want to come up with a clever idea of how they would have to outsmart them. You know, again, that's part of the payoff in something like the Dark Knight is when the Joker gets arrested and then you're trying to figure out like, well, how I don't understand, like he's going to if he's in prison, how can he execute anything? Then you realize like, ah, that was part of his plan. And he thought six steps ahead and then like he's pulling the strings and then it makes it even more villainous. Like, why didn't we have a thing like that where you think the good guys are trying to like be a step ahead? And then this other person was like, no, I'm one step, you know. None of that. There wasn't a single thing where you're like, oh, they were they were ahead of me. And I wasn't thinking the 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 closest they did is the twist. And if by now you're worried about having not seen the movie, you can turn off the podcast for a bit. But at the end, when you thought that The Rock was the kid and they pivoted and the whole reveal was like it was the dad. And I was like, why did we need this twist? Exactly. Yeah. And then it, then they half, they half worked it back. Cause then when the kid gave him the power and then the kid goes, and then you're like, what? And then it was like, oh, he knew that his dad would be around whatever, 3000 years later to help this city. And you're like, how did that kid know? Like, I'm like, it was such a stretch that you're like, this is just, it reminded me of like Birdman where they had like 17 different endings to try to keep, make you twist and turn at some point. You're like, okay, okay. this is dumb. Like, you know, you can't have twist upon twist upon twist. And that was a very clumsy twist. Again, they went after they went after The Dark Knight Rises. They did a twist that they didn't need that didn't really add to the movie that they thought was clever. That was not right. And, you know, to just piggyback on all that stuff is just. You think about Black Adam, The Rock's character, and that all of those sort of little twists and turns and reveals and all that stuff 
does not give him a character arc. He starts the same way that he finishes, right? And what you could have done if you want to make the, and you know, this is a PG-13 movie. It was, they, of course, they came out with the publicity ahead of time saying, oh, there was a really dark R version, but we had to edit it down. It's like, sure there was. <laughs> um, but what you could have had is, is have Black Adam fight these, like you, like you say, show these um, terrorists occupying this land, show them being brutal, right? That they, they really are this brutal occupying force you know, however you want to do that, whether it's, you know, they're killing people or people are starving or women are being, you know, sexually trafficked and all these things. And then here comes Black Adam. He starts kicking ass. And as he's doing it, he doesn't even think about it. He's killing these bad guys. And by in some, some of the times when he kills them, he kills the locals too. Because he's just destroying shit, right? He doesn't care. And then as the movie progresses, he comes to understand that these people are his people. This is him, this kid and the mother. Oh my gosh. It's just like my son and my wife back in the day. Right. So he has a softening of his heart. He comes to sort of a come to Jesus moment. The, the, the throne and you're like, okay, he gets it. Great. And, but, just because he gets it and this small group of people get it that he's you know what he was he was an ambiguous guy now he's kind of a good guy and then again spoiler alert the post-credit scene which did you stick for the post-credit scene uh well the yes okay reveal with the other yes so then uh in in my imaginary movie black adam was maybe bad is now kind of good and a few people know this about him and then superman shows up black adam we have to talk superman doesn't know right <laughs> that he's good and so all of a sudden oh wow this could be interesting going forward because you think about i think it was captain america civil war where the movie opens with a thing in africa a, a set piece um an uh, uh, action sequence and civilians get killed. Starts the whole movie. Starts the entire arc, by the way, that ends with Endgame, where Tony Stark wants to be like, hey, you know, listen, these people got killed. Now the UN wants us to sign this thing and they want more control over us. And Captain America's like, uh uh, man, like we're not, we're, that's not how we roll. And then they collide and this whole thing. You could do that here, right? You could totally do it, but and but, yet, what they end up doing is just generic junk. It looks like junk, junk. The story is junk, all of it's junk, and you're just like, ah. And DC, look, DC, it, they they keep tripping over themselves, and you know, oh, we're the, the, and this was an opportunity because, as you, I said, I, I I really no use for uh, the Rock. But he's a big star. You want to kickstart a franchise? You do something good with him. Yeah. And it well, will work because he pro- will sell pro- it. That's what he always does. But the problem is everybody now knows that what he's going to produce is not good. It's just going to sell tickets. So that's the problem. Like that is not capable in today's time 
for The Rock to make a good movie. Because unless you can tell him, I will agree to everything, only we're picking the director. Then maybe you have hope. But I just don't think that, I think the power dynamics are are out of whack right now. But let's take a look at this. There's there's problems with Marvel, because we've talked about the Mad Nauseam, that like, you know, whether it's Age of Ultron or stuff like this. By the way, Age of Ultron, very similar to the whole multiple people, like, again, like an hour's worth of stealing from movies. But the the problem in Marvel movies, the same problem we have here is that there's just two kind of godlike people that are going after each other. And there is no real way to like make it like, you know, make the stakes proper. However, what works between uh, Captain America, Civil War, Endgame is you knew that the good guys were going to win at some point. But the, the thing that you knew to the core was the only way they're going to win now you don't understand why or how or any of that, but you knew that the only way they're going to win is if the Avengers stay together, which is kind of funny to think about that. Like, Oh, that's it. <laughs> if they stay together, they win. If they don't, okay. I don't know what changed, but they, they sold you on this. So when the team starts to you know fracture, now you're like, Oh my God, that now there's, they've in, in infused doubt. They've infused that there's a way to lose the complaints I hear all the time about Superman, the Superman's not cool because Superman, like, unless he has this little green rock that like you renders him useless and can kill him. There isn't anything you can do to him. So there is no way to have an arc with Superman, which is why some of the best stuff with Richard Donner was the fact that like, a, they played up the comedy and they played up Clark Kent and kind of some of the oddities of like what it's like to live a dual life. But then it wasn't the peril of Superman. It was the peril of what Superman cared about. Mm. And that's why that movie worked. They don't have that anymore. Now it's just right. like, oh, what is... So, like, I envision a Superman Black Adam is just two hours of the dumbest punching, slamming, flying through things, pounding. Like, it's just going to be... There's nothing there. And you're like, I just do not care. Like, what are what are the stakes in that movie? Because they haven't... You can't just have two people. Like if you would have just said Iron Man versus Captain America, it's in- inevitably boring. Like I don't care. I'm not picking a side. I'm not seeing anything. It's just like, I don't know. They're both going to pound away at each other and you're in a suit and you're kind of have super serum and uh, you got a vibranium shield and you're going to punch at each other until you get tired or until your suit runs out of batteries. It's like, it's not an interesting story. What if? Oh gosh. Yeah. Disney's listening what? right now. Warner Brothers is listening right now. Which one's going to steal this first? What if, I mean, it's too late now, obviously, but what if Lois Lane is investigative reporting in Condock and is maybe not killed, although killed would be best, but is critically wounded in one of Black Adam's rages? And that's how superman gets involved right that was the dark r-rated movie that was shelved so i know they already (laughs) shot that they decided against it yeah it's because i i agree with you about all that it's just you know you you look at the possibilities of what this could have been and what that means for dc which is really i mean floundering terribly and you just wonder where it's going to go. So, you know, this movie, because you keep saying like, oh, it'll, it'll 
you know, it's it'll sell tickets, but it won't be good, which, yes, right? I'm wondering how many tickets it will sell because it's made, you know, what are the numbers right million now? opening weekend, which is- Yeah, in world, worldwide, it's made 210. Um, oh, no, it, yeah, worldwide, it's made 210 on a $200 million budget. So basically, you just double that budget. That's what they have to make to break even. It's got a 90% Rotten Tomato score for audience. It's, it's getting slammed by critics. Um, you know, but who, you know, who cares about the critics? Um, I am curious, with that many people liking it, I thought it would get slammed by, I thought it would do well first two weekends, but then just really drop off a cliff because of word of mouth. But I'm curious, with the 90% Rotten Tomato score, that's one of the highest DC scores and with it already making 210 where do you see this sort of landing in terms of box office do you think this has a shot at at the big billion mark no not even close okay yeah i don't either i i if i had to guess worldwide it's going to come in somewhere between six to seven hundred million yeah that was my original guess actually was, was about 650 um but, you know, I can be surprised. Aquaman made a billion dollars. <laughs> right? Where you're just like, wait, what? What happened? And so, yeah, it, it's, it's... What are we doing? What are we doing? I know, right? What are, what are we doing? doing? What are we doing, man? See, um, I, like, growing up, going to Sunday school, like, I had a hard time with the idea that, like, you know, God would get mad at humanity and cause a flood and wipe everyone out and start over. I'm like, you know, how how does this happen? This is how it happens. When things like Aquaman make a billion dollars, <laughs> God's like, I did it wrong. Let's just start over again. Yeah. So I, I as I get older, I start understanding more the idea of like, wow, humans sometimes are a very strange, strange group of people, I, aren't we? I always envision like a benevolent species of aliens sort of hovering over us. And they're like giving us the benefit of the doubt time and time again of like, you know what? Which they'll get it together. We can help. And then like Aquaman makes a billion dollars and they basically said like, Hey, you know what? We got to get rid of these people. We got to get rid of this whole planet. If we got to get rid of this whole solar system, I don't give a shit. We got to do it. Cause this is wrong, man. You can't do this. Yeah. So any, any other thoughts on, on black adam which i mean oh yeah yeah and you know here's my other problem and and this is true of all superhero movies for the most part <laughs> the majority of superhero movies um once you get into gods and like ancient and off-world stuff it just becomes a real mess it just never works for me the only time I can think it working, it was um, uh, Thor Ragnarok. That was the only time. And that was a very specific type of movie. It was, you know, Thor's a very specific type of God character. And that off-world stuff was very interesting. You, you know why that worked, though? Is from the get-go, you told the audience, we are dealing with God's and people we know nothing about on a world that we know nothing about. And we're going to kind of clue you in as we go, what you need to know. The problem is as soon as you set it on earth with humans, we set our filters and our stuff against that. 
and then it makes it either too complicated or mm. too fantastical. And this is, I mean, go back to, you know, Reeves is Superman. He was, he could do anything. But what was the struggle? The struggle wasn't smashing cities and keeping an alien race off the thing. Right. It was like saving Lois Lane, which every and, human and, on Earth can do. And it, and it was about fitting in. Correct. Like these are right, which, which could be any movie. Take superhero stuff out of it, right? That's every sort of teenage coming yeah. of age type story. It's just how do I fit in, or do I need to fit in type of thing. Yeah. And speaking of which, just a little tangent. You mentioned the Man of Steel, which I didn't like either. Um, I, I found it disappointing, and I actually like Henry Cavill. I, I know you're not a fan, but I like him, and and I wanted that movie to be good, and it just didn't work, and. Superman's dad dying in that film Ugh. was was very Zack Snyder-ish. You know, very bombastic. And then you think about and Kevin Costner plays his dad in it. And he's not bad. I mean, you know, he, he, he can, in a smaller role, Costner can do his thing. But then you think about back to Richard Donner's Superman and Glenn Ford, right? Playing the dad. And the scene where he dies is heartbreaking and you know what's so heartbreaking about it he's alone right yeah everybody gets that parents get it kids get it everybody gets it because that's the thing he's alone where is superman and that's filmmaking that's how you do it that's how you, that's the art of it. That's how you connect with audiences. That's how you really make people feel deeply. I mean, I could watch that scene now and cry as a parent. And we don't have that anymore, right? You and I were talking um, a, a few weeks ago about the Oscars. Like, who, yeah. who's, who the hell is going to win an Oscar this year? Like, what are we doing? And, and you were saying Top Gun Maverick is going to be nominated and it'll probably win because up until this point, there's literally nothing. Nothing. Nothing of note. Nothing of value or quality out there. And so it just becomes sort of a popularity contest, um, not unlike last year. And that's because we've lost this ability. It's like we're in real time losing a language. And that language is the art and the craft and the skill of filmmaking. And all of these people who came up, you know, like Richard Donner, right? Very specific type of, of career that he had. We're losing these people who knew how to do that. And now we have people who maybe know how to do it, but would never think to do it. They don't care. They don't think that's what filmmaking is. They think, like this jackass making Black Adam, that that's what filmmaking is. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to have these great action sequences and then the movie will be over. It'll be great. <laughs> it's like, and even the action sequences in this movie are dog shit. It's, it's just, it's very, very disheartening for somebody like me who just, I just want, and people bitch to me all the time. 
I, I get so much shit from people about like, oh, you're so negative. You're so ne- you're so mean about these movies and these TV shows. And I'm like, listen, it's not my fault that they made a piece of shit. I didn't make it. They made it. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know what? Just like the rest of the culture, I'm just going to lower my standards to meet them where they are. No, no, no. See, I grew up loving cinema. I've seen all of this great cinema. And I know it's possible. And I know what's possible. And what they're doing now isn't it. And until you do that, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know what? I'll give you partial credit for that. You know what? That was fine. I get it. This is what they're doing. No, no, no. Do your fucking job. Make a good or great movie. Because if you don't, I'm going to come out with a bazooka and blow you away. I will take out my knife and I will gut you like a fish because this is ridiculous. How many years now? 2019 was a great year for movies. That was three years ago. What are we doing, right? Even the good movies in the last few years weren't great. There were movies that you and I liked. Some of them we loved, but we acknowledge, you know what? If these movies came out in 2019, they might not even make our top 10 list. You know, that's the thing. And so I get angry with people giving me shit about Black Adam. And I said, like, they're all being like, this is great. Or Top Gun Maverick. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's like, no, it isn't. Stop saying it is. Because the more you lower your standards, the more they'll accept that. And the less they'll strive for greatness. And that's where we are. That's my rant. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I'm, I'm going to feel like that, I'm on some Fox gonna News the, show right now. <laughs> that's going to be our promo for our podcast from here on out. <laughs> that, okay. When they, when, they, when, they, when they Google search it, that speech is coming up. Okay. So I have one, one last thing to say that really doesn't make sense to me is by the end of the movie, when you understand who Black Adam was, what his history, what was in his mind, it undermines everything because then he comes out and he doesn't care and he kills people. And there's like a, if he saw the horrors and those people are the people that murdered his family, Mm. he would be a vigilante going in. Like, I mean, he would be eradicating thousands of people a night. He would just be like blood was running in the streets and you would be like, we got to stop this guy. Like, I don't, like we can't even fact check if he's finding the right descendants to just start murdering. <laughs> like that would make it darker that you're like, holy cow, how do you stop this guy? Because just because you're a descendant of, does that make you evil? Like there's all kinds of great moral questions you could argue. Be like, make it be like, right. like that doesn't mean that because his great grandfather murdered your wife, that they don't have value. Like, it might mean that they didn't learn, you know, stuff, but you can't right. just, you know, you can't just say the descendants are, you know, guilty. And I think there's all kinds of stuff that like the fact that he had that history and then just kind of, you know, he'll throw some people and kill some people, but mostly just kind of lays back. It's like, where's the rage? Where's the, like, if someone bottled me up for 3000 years after murdering my family, I'd have some, I'd have some uh, pent up rage that I need to yes, get out. You'd have just, a lot of rage. And then, and then would you be convinced to say Shazam and just, yeah, just give it up. Yeah, I mean, no. What was that? That was like, the it silly. was so inane. It yeah. was just ridiculous. Do you remember, I, do you remember oh. that time where they blew the cape? 
That was so good. I mean, I feel so like good. that was time well spent versus any of these other problems that could have also been addressed in the movie. I think that's the most important thing that we can think about. I want you to make a movie called Blowing the Cape. And what I think will happen is that like people will think it's it's like some sex movie, but it'll <laughs> really just be a really terrible, terrible superhero movie. And you'll make a billion dollars, just like Aquaman. That's what I think. And then the aliens will invade and we'll all be slaves, just like Black Adam back in the day. And, and we'll if, take it from there. If we do the symbol. Yeah. If we use the Illuminati symbol, <laughs> we'll, we'll escape somehow. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's so, so what good. Did, what did you think of the movie then? What's your recommendation? <laughs> I mean, overall, I liked it. Okay. obviously i i thought it was good i recommend people see, see it in the theater you know what support small filmmakers who are just trying to do their thing i mean poor warner brothers right they're just trying to make people happy um yeah this movie is is really good really good imagine if like the godfather you're just like oh you know what that's good but what if vito corleone was a 5,000-year-old awakened super being. That's what this movie is. That's how good it is. What did you think, Barry? I'm bathing in the idea of Marlon Brando. (laughs) (laughs) Brings us back to Richard Donner's Superman. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I... If you want to see a rock movie, there are many other ones that could be watched before this one. (laughs) Now, we didn't. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I've never seen him in a good movie or him be good in a movie. What would be your number one rock recommendation? And now are you talking about like his acting or just his movie stardom? Just just what's the best movie he's been in? The best movie, I think. And I have to go back and look at him. I think the best movie he's in is the one that we've talked about on the podcast before that you refuse to see because you've seen none of them in the franchise. And I told you, you don't have to see them. It's Fast Five. Okay. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, I, can't, I can't do it. I, you know, I, it, it sounds funny because, you know, it's a kind of a ridiculous series. But like that movie is like really good. It's like really well done. I think yes. his most enjoyable movie and maybe mm-hmm. this trends more for guys. You should go watch the rundown with Sean William Scott, The Rock, and yep. um, what's his face? Uh, uh, more more cowbells. Uh, from Saturday Night Live. Uh, oh, oh, Will Ferrell? No, uh, no, no. The classic actor. Uh, uh, oh my God. Oh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. um did you ever see The Rock in uh, Walking Tall? I think I did, but uh, the rundown is infinitely better. Okay, I only bring up Walking Tall because... Did you see the original Walking Tall? No, I did not. Is it good? Okay. You know what? For what it is, it's really good. Who, it was who, part uh, of that era of, like, vigilante... Was that was movies. that a, was that a Eastwood or who who did the... Who was no, the... no, it's uh, Joe Don Baker. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. And the, the the character's name is Buford Pusser, which I just <laughs> I just I just remember being a kid hearing that name, being like, "What, Buford Pusser?" Tall <laughs> Joe Don Baker, man. Yeah, it's it's um it's one of those sort of 
like great vigilante movies from the 70s that that you know lower budget sort of things um but i was curious if the rocks was any good i assume no it was, it, it was not the the rundown <laughs> the interplay there is, you, you should you should watch it now who do you the, this we'll finish on this who do you like better as a former wrestler turns actor the rock or john cena oh the rock john cena I just don't, I don't, like, the movies he chooses to do, I'm not behind. He's got the weirdest body type. It's like he's all torso. His body is bizarre. That's bizarre. But here's, I'll say this. I think I think I would get along with him. I think John Cena would be, like, almost more personable than The Rock because I think he's got more human. Like, I think The Rock has just become kind of a, a, his own being. So I don't know how much, like, you'd kind of break through that. I, I would actually choose John Cena. John Cena stole the movie train wreck um from amy schumer he's in it for like that movie was awful it's so awful and awful think about how bad this movie is that it's like made for her and john cena steals it from her and he's on screen for like 10 minutes it's crazy and he's actually at least interesting i wrote about him uh because he was doing uh what's the hell the name of that show peacemaker or something yep um on hbo and he also did the uh, same character in the james gunn suicide squad which is again another movie i gave a positive review to it which has all sorts of symbolic subliminal stuff in it by the way which we could talk about ad nauseum it's craziness but to john cena's credit boy he works hard for a laugh man he does and he he's not funny but he will never quit trying to get you to laugh. <laughs> and it sort of wins you over because he's so committed to it. Whereas but, The Rock at this point is just like, look, I'm going to arch my eyebrow. Well, okay. <laughs> like right now, like I like I said, The Rock is passed because he stopped trying. But some of The Rock's better stuff I like better than Cena's stuff. But what you're talking about with Cena is what I'm talking about. Like I would love to hang out with John Cena. Like yeah. there's not, there, he he's not bigger than himself. Like he's still grounded. Like if he showed up on set, he would be like, "Yes, I'm John Cena and I got the job." But like, I really want to do a good job, and so he's yeah. there to service the project. Whereas like, if I hire The Rock, The Rock's like, "Yeah, I'm The Rock. I know what I'm doing. I've made like a bajillion dollars," and so it's not as collaborative. And he's not going to put in the work to like please the project. He's going to please the the Rock's ecosystem. So. A hundred percent, I would enjoy John Cena more on that. But if I had equal control of them to do a project, which one do I think I could get more out of? I think I could get more out of The Rock if he would allow it. If I had yeah. to hire right now and I had to choose between the two and money was of no object, I'd use John Cena because I feel like I could collaborate with him in a way that I can't with The Rock. Right. Well, and this is true, and we're not going to give anything away about it because it's, um, it, we just won't. But you and I had we're in early development of a project and in that process the rock's name came up yes in terms of playing this role and it's actually an interesting thing again we're not going to give even the slightest bit away about it but it is interesting and i agree with you in that particular case but i also agree with you about cena and here's another thing as much as the rock seems like a nice guy and again he does and he'll probably be president someday um 
here's a little fact about John Cena, and this is true. John Cena is a huge advocate of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And in fact, has set the record for the most wishes granted through the Make-A-Wish Foundation at over 600. Think about that. That is crazy. It's crazy. And it's an indication of the type geez, of person. A really nice, it's a really good guy. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so now that we're done, we should talk. All right, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go watch this John Cena movie now. Just to support <laughs> John Cena. Thank you for that. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm leaving. Good you dude. He's a good dude. What is it? Was um, it the Marine? Was that his first breakout? I never saw it. I'm yeah, gonna that was watch his the first Marine. breakout. Yeah. The Marine right. was his first breakout. Um, all right. So I think we've beaten Black Adam to death. Unfortunately, he's invincible, so he'll come back. But uh <laughs> yeah, I think the sequel was already announced, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we don't like this movie. Um I would go so far as to say if you do like this movie, there's something catastrophically wrong with you. But hey, different strokes for different folks. Don't see this movie. Just just stop it. Just don't. Uh, I think that's it. That's it for this episode of Look at California Film, Minnesota. We'll see you next time at the movies. Do you think they're ever going to figure out that they pay us to act like this? <laughs> That was a good, that was a long one. Jesus. <laughs>